Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store. I've always been known as the person who gets on a flight or in a taxi and by the end of it knows that story. And it was always of that person. And that was always something that I kind of laughed at and just thought, oh, you don't really see that as a skill or being able to help you in your career. But I think actually working in PR, that actually is so important when you're working with different people, different levels, or you are working with members of the public. I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes, the PR, comms and marketing podcast. Answering things you'd normally have asked about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm sad. It's our last week, but it's finale week. Finale week. Well, that's an interesting thing because this time for season two, we have decided that we're going to bring you a whole week of podcast episodes with some of our favourite industry people. Yeah, we've got some amazing people that agreed to have a more than in, more than five minutes, definitely conversation about what they do and on a few issues. So hopefully you've got lots to listen to. And um, it's a slightly different format this week. So this episode, who have we got? Alice Skeets from next door. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and please share with your friends. We're joined by Alice Skeets, having worked across a number of different communications roles in the public sector, including internal communications for a council, a PR role at the City of London Police, and then as Director of Communications at Fact UK, working with a host of major brands. Alice now works for Nextdoor, an app that's not only grown massively in recent years, providing a hyper-localised way to connect communities, but over the past 18 months has really been at the forefront of local connectivity, at a time when loneliness and community have been so vital. Alice, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, so you've been on both sides of the table, really having worked in the public sector and now at a tech company that's really embraced by you know services and councils do you think community comms has moved on in terms of what people expect to be able to get from their local council or forces definitely i think there's been such a change since i've been involved in it uh, which is scarily 12 years so like thinking back to my first kind of role in media and comms I actually did work experience at Essex Police in 2008 and they had the like Essex Police Gazette, which was a printed newspaper. And then when I joined the council, which was South London Seaborough Council, we had a residence magazine, we had our internal comms, which was printed and everything was press releases and very much printed literature. And now you fast forward where we're so digital, we're more connected than ever. There's so many different social media platforms. So my first role at the council, we'd only just embraced Twitter. We'd only just started using it that year or perhaps the year beforehand. And it was very much this space of corporate comms can only hold the key to resident engagement and resident communication. And the thought of someone else, you know, having access to a Twitter or a Facebook account was unheard of. Um, But what I love now is that there has been such a transition. There's so much more trust, which I think is so important with empowering staff. And the fact that you have, you know, waste and recycling officers and you perhaps maybe have museums or events and you have 
police officers out and about on the ground updating on social media. I just think it provides this breadth and wider engagement, which residents need and it's become much more humanized and less corporate and stuffy which I think was the change that we really needed yeah it's definitely blown I think everyone literally every team kind of asks for a social media account is that back to like what do you need it for like what can you contribute it's it's a hard one to manage and I guess the whole kind of premise of social media is that you're able to connect with people but we know that for so many the sense of loneliness has really grown you know people say we're the most connected yet disconnected generation like how do you think communications can better blur that digital and real life divide yeah I think that's something that I feel really strongly about about how we are the most connected we have so much tech available to us now so many social media platforms but actually we are the most lonely and disconnected than we have ever been and loneliness is a theme that has always been something that I really kind of tap into and feel strongly about even before the global pandemic. And I think this is where actually tech and social media can be an enabler and like PR and comms can really take a handle of this. But it's finding that right mix so that you're not pushing people to just always stay on a platform and behind a screen. And then you're actually enabling them perhaps to make those connections online and take them offline and that's why I'm so passionate about where I work now with Nextdoor because it is about creating online connections but building those meaningful connections and then taking them offline and actually bringing back those old-fashioned morals and values that we had 20 to 30 years ago where you spoke to your neighbours over the fence and you borrowed a cup of sugar or you know lent your neighbours eggs and I just think that's so important and with the wake of like the pandemic suddenly everyone was forced to look up from their screen. So you would get on a train or walk down the road and everyone's plugged in with their headphones and sat looking at their phone or a tablet. And then when we were forced to be in lockdown and work from home, suddenly everyone was looking up and thinking, God, I don't I don't know who's around me and I, I can't see my friends and family. And that was a moment where I think a lot of people who maybe have not struggled with mental health or struggled with loneliness suddenly had this feeling. And so they did turn on their local community and their neighbours. And for many, they didn't know how to because it wasn't like you were going to suddenly knock on their door. So that's why platforms like Nextdoor are really great because people will be able to reach out to those individuals. But even for myself, like I never thought I would experience loneliness firsthand. And I have in the last year and a half, the pandemic was coupled with me for the first time ever living by myself. And it has been incredibly hard. So I think comms and media teams really need to be able to utilize social media platforms that are out there and the comms channels that they have, but also to realize that they aren't the only lifeline to rely on. And I also think what's really important is face to face. I know it costs councils and police forces a lot of money and there was this movement away from face-to-face to to phone and to digital but I don't think you can beat old-fashioned human interaction and if we can't do that because of COVID having virtual like live Q&As with you know staff members are so important but I do think actually bringing people together and having those connections is so important because it is those, they call them weak ties, which is that general small conversation with the coffee barista or the person in Sainsbury's. They're so important for your mental health and to keep you kind of 
upbeat, energised and going. We talked about that, H, didn't we? There was that article on another episode we were saying about like that biosphere of like all those connections. It's not just like your best friends and those incremental conversations you would have over a day. And I was talking about this actually from the perspective of my kids who when they were homeschooled, because they were like, actually, at least we're going to the supermarket once a week or doing a little bit more in terms of work. Like their world became so much smaller. I think that's why we've seen like youth rates of loneliness and mental health challenges like really high as well yeah and I think also that's why people probably miss the office environment and going into work or even doing things because even like I say to people at work but if I didn't come into the office I would not leave my house the only reason why I leave my house when I'm working at home is to go to the gym or go to the supermarket unless I have scheduled things in with friends or I go pop round to my grandma but otherwise I'm not leaving the house which is why when the gyms are shut I get really kind of like because I'm like, so, so what am I going to do is just sitting in here and go down to Tesco with a mask on and then walking back out after using a self-service checkout thing. Yeah, and I think for me, like what I noticed was I missed that commute and I never thought I would say that because I had such a long dreaded commute. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the greatest of morning people, but actually making a fake commute. So going out and leaving my house at the separation from rolling out of bed and sitting in front of my computer. But you do now that we're kind of coming out of COVID, you experience these real highs and these real lows. So I actually went to the office for the first time yesterday, which was amazing. But then today, you guys are the first people I've spoken and seen all day. Like I've not seen another human being and I could feel the effect on me like earlier today that I've gone from a full day of stimulation and human interaction to a day sat in a room by myself and you can feel yourself lower and as human beings we're we're meant to be social creatures we're meant to be in a pack and it's just not normal so I do think it is so important to have that interaction to have that human side and I think that is what's really important when it comes to brand branding and comms and PR is that being vulnerable and being human is really important for providing your voice, whether you are private sector or public sector. I think that is just the way we should be shifting. We've talked a lot about this on this podcast as well. Is this that hashtag, you know, hashtag be kind, you know, we rush to use those hashtags. Often, you know, more needs to really be done to embody kindness and empathy, especially in comms and marketing. You're a big believer in tech for good. What do you think comms teams need to look at or even look like themselves to be able to do that? Yeah, I I think that really kind of follows on from what I was just saying. I'm such a big advocate about being your whole self. So this is something I feel like I've learned personally and at work over the last three years. And I think it's so powerful. You spend so much time at work. And if you can't be your whole true self there and you can't be vulnerable, then where else can you be? And I do think if you're going to be using these hashtags and saying you are an organization or brand that feels strongly about this, you actually have to be able to embody it in every part of your life. So I've always been very interested in my local community. I think the fact that I started off my career working for South and Council, which is where I'm from. So born and bred, and I feel very strongly about being an Essex girl and being proud of my roots. And working in PR for like where you live makes you a real strong believer of that. But I do feel that you have to have the same morals and values as who you are representing. So when I joined Next Door, for me, I wouldn't be the right person if I didn't feel passionately about community. I didn't feel passionate about human connection. I didn't also use the product 
and create these connections. And I think this is what organizations need to think and they need to trust the process. They need to allow staff to be vulnerable, to be human. So whether that's on their social media presence, so if they have a council or a police account, to just introduce themselves and and provide a bit of context. So one of my favorite examples was a police officer who posted on Nextdoor just an introduction saying like, hi, I'm like PC, let's say Alice Skeets. I've been a ward officer for the last seven years. I love this community. My favorite parts are all the Italian cafes. And then she followed it up with like, in my spare time, I have a sausage dog and I love to take her out for a walk in the local woods. And that to me is what it's all about. Be able to show the person behind the email, behind the tweet, behind the telephone call, because at the end of the day, comms teams are the ones who really do get the brunt of it after customer services. And so I think it's really important for people to stop twice and realize that is a human being. That person does have, you know, a family outside of that job. That person probably has got such hardships going on in their life and just making people to think twice. And when you show that empathy and you show that vulnerability and that human nature in your day to day, then you create that stronger connection with who your audience is. And I just think it's all about being authentic. And if you can't embody what you're trying to put out in your messaging then then it's just never going to come across as being true we've got a wards officer who's on um, next door and then he, he does update us a lot about what's happening in the community and stuff and i really do like the fact that he's on there you, you know you know who he is he, although it's an interesting one because during the summer He's very engaged, so he thinks about it's the weekend. He'll even like the way he writes his comments. He'll be like, I know the weekend's coming up. Please be mindful about this and that, rather than just sort of being really blunt and saying, do not do this thing or do not have barbecues or do not. He's very kind of like, yeah, the weekend's coming up. I know you want to spend time with your families and your friends in the park, but be mindful that if you if you do like barbecues, you know, it could risk fire. And, and it's just more human and just has more life to it. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like, life really is too short to be stuffy and to be corporate. And I think particularly with local government, it is really hard to get people engaged and on board. So if you can just lighten the mood and it show that kind of true self I I do think it speaks wonders just staying on sort of next door speaking more broadly how can local councils and other public services use it and maybe just explain a little bit for people who've never used it how they can use it yeah so like next door is a app and a website for neighbors and ultimately it's a place that they can come to to find recommendations to meet new people to just really make a difference in the neighborhood but also just to get local services so whether that's to find an electrician or a plumber or their favorite fish and chip shop we noticed that there was a real need for local communities to hear what was going on from their local services and i think in the wake of the recession and the comprehensive spending review in 2010 comms was always the department that got hit first when it came to losing headcount losing funding and losing resources and so to be able to reinstate resident engagement and resident communication in a way that wasn't just sending out a press release to your local paper and hoping for the best. Nextdoor allows a public service to actually really kind of reach out to their residents in a way that's not been possible before. So they're automatically connected to everyone on the platform in their area. So there's no need to build likes or followers. So really a lot of the hard work is done for them, which is 
fantastic when you are under-resourced. But it's all about engagement. I think this is the difference is it's not one-way broadcasting. It's about speaking to your residents, finding out about their concerns, getting their feedback and actually like having that engagement two-way. And there's been such amazing examples of this throughout the UK. We have police officers asking neighbours about their concerns, saying that they're out on patrol until 6pm. Tell me where you would like us to go. And then you see a neighbour saying, oh, I'm really concerned about antisocial behaviour in Leighton Avenue. And the officers come back and say, brilliant, we'll add it to our list. And then this is my favourite bit, which I absolutely love, is that you then see they they take a picture of the officers going down Leighton Avenue and then they upload that and they're like, here we are. Thank you so much for your feedback. And I just think it's such a powerful way of saying you asked and we listened and we acted on it. And even using other types of technology. So what they might also do is use Strava or Map My Walk. And then at the end of a patrol, they would upload it to their social media platforms. And I think that's a fantastic way because from when I've gone to local policing meetings, a lot of the time it's like, oh, we've got no police officers anymore. There's no bobbies on the beat. We never see you out and about. And I think it's a really great way to then upload and say, look at all the miles that we've covered today, keeping you safe. And you might not think we're out there, but that's because you're sat behind a screen at home, working from home or back in the office and you're not seeing us. So I just think there's so many ways that they can use technology these days to really engage with residents. And I'm very passionate about Nextdoor, obviously, because I work for the company, but personally, because I've worked in media and comms for a police force and a local authority. And I really don't believe there is anything else out there that allows you to have this engagement and communication so simply and easily. And how do you think teams can tackle kind of misinformation or or discourse within communities? Because we know that there's always like a community Facebook group that becomes a bit of a like a death trap. No one wants to put anything on there because they'll get shot down. Like, obviously, you can speak with next door. But like, how do you think you can approach that without going too corporate suddenly? Yeah, I think misinformation is one of the things that have come out of social media that obviously is is not great along with uh, the negativity and trolling. And and I think there's a lot of kind of deep-rooted like mental health as well with social media and it is something that you see across all platforms a lot of social media platforms take huge responsibility on tackling this and have done lots of things to be able to really kind of to lower it as much as they can what what I would say to PR and, and media teams if they if they do see misinformation on the platform definitely always report it report the content report the users because that social media platform will take that very seriously next door we've done a lot to combat this so for example we have a kindness reminder that was developed a few years ago which used technology to detect profanity and like foul language and what it would then do is when someone posted something that had that reported content or language in it it would pop up and say remember to be helpful not hurtful and it's all based on research that we did that if you stop people in their tracks and make them think twice they're less likely to post that and then using that same technology we developed a covid reminder so when people use the words covid and coronavirus a pop-up reminder would appear and ask them to make sure that they check their facts and that it's from the NHS or the World Health Organization. So just like a simple product change to be able to dispel and help reduce misinformation. I do think if teams notice that there are rumors or misinformation in the communities, the biggest thing is to address it and to actually just put yourself out there. And I think sometimes we're a little bit 
hesitant because we feel like we might be drawing attention to an issue or a concern. But I actually think this kind of goes on that theme of being human and being vulnerable and actually not silencing an issue. If you know that people think that there's something going on in a, a neighborhood or community, to be open and honest and to address that issue could actually nip it in the bud much earlier and stop it from like divulging into a much bigger issue and, and for you to actually have to deal with like a crisis comm situation. You've made the switch from public sector to tech. What caused you to, to sort of make that jump and that leap to another another industry? And also, did you have any challenges when you were moving over and, and settling in? Good question. Obviously, I've always spent my career working in PR and comms in public sector. I think for me, I always wanted to be able to make a difference. So my first experience of PR, I I mentioned a little bit earlier, was an internship at Essex Police in my summer holidays of university. And it wasn't really, I actually wanted to be a TV presenter. I know that's a really long shot. And um, my mum actually got talking to someone at church who was like a cold case detective for Essex Police and was like, oh, we have a TV unit at Essex Police. Would Alice like to join us? <laughs> and I was like, mm, not really what I was looking for, but I'm not going to turn down work experience. So I'll go along. And it was absolutely amazing. And doing that work experience is what made me realize I wanted to work in PR and work in PR to better an organization or better people's lives. One thing that always sticks with me with that experience was I sat in on a murder trial and I remember meeting the victim's brother who'd flown over and I don't think he really understood who I was. I think he might have thought I was a lawyer, but just sitting down with him and him thanking me for what I was doing. And I was just putting together the reactive like press statement, but to see that vulnerability and to see the hope that the person would be you know, sentenced and sent down for what they had done to his sister. It just like gave me all the feels. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And then obviously I graduated from uni in 2009 and I could not find a job. I thought I would get this amazing career and just be making lots of money. And it was a recession. I did some work experience at Southend and Seaborough Council. So I just reached out to loads of organizations to do unpaid work. And it really paid off because after four months they offered me a paid for paternity cover and doing those roles within public sector I became so passionate about making a difference for people's lives and for organizations and it really embodied like all my skills and what I stood for storytelling interpersonal skills like meeting people from all walks of life and I think I suppose as you know time went on and I gained more experience I started to get itchy feet and I'd done quite a lot of time within public sector and I did like the idea of making that jump but what I found was quite difficult was actually making the jump and um, I feel private sector sometimes look at you as oh all you've ever done is like in-house all you've ever done is local government or working in a press office for a police force now my personal opinion is if you've done PR for a police force you can do any PR job I had to deal with severe road traffic collisions unexplained deaths potential terrorist situations, working through the night, phone calls from control at 3am, phone calls from the sun and the Daily Mail at 4am. And I think if you can do that, you can do any PR job. And I suppose next door gave me that lucky break. And I don't know, I, I did apply for several other roles within that year in private sector, and none of them landed. But what I loved about next door is it felt like it was 
a combination of all my previous roles in one and everything that I was passionate about. So there was a challenge, but it all worked out really well. And I definitely think that gaining experience wherever you can definitely helps you move forward into that. And actually, it was my public service background that got me, I think, or definitely helped get me the role next door because we had this public service platform launching and they could see that I'd worked with lots of tech journalists and we were a tech startup at the time, very new. And so it just was kind of like the perfect opportunity. That's a really good point. We've talked before actually about that kind of shift from public to private and, you know, and I've worked in education as, as well as doing some public stuff and kind of sports organisations. And there is that kind of view that you wouldn't possibly understand like the world of private and it's so different. And it's like you're talking about a brand and like a, a potential issue on a design. You know, I've done life and death stuff and real crisis. It's it's really different. I think you're right. Actually, we should view it as the skill set you're bringing rather than a sector thing because sometimes I think it's really refreshing moving sectors because you get a totally different take on things and you ask the questions I remember moving from like sport into higher education I'm like why do we need like 1000 meetings and to do a paper about a paper for a meeting like it's so hierarchical and I think you need to ask those questions it kind of gives you that perspective like going to a tech brand from public sector I guess you know, what have been things you've kind of picked up on or the things that have been really different that have been challenging for you? When I was working at the police, it was so high pressured and it was so fast paced. You gain so much from that. And then when I moved into tech, <laughs> I was pretty shocked at how much more fast paced it can get. And it has been incredibly challenging, but it has been also the making of me and one of the best roles that I could have. And I think you learn a lot on reflection. So I've looked back at my career and some of the things that have like happened and some of the roles that you have had. And I do think I've worked in very predominantly male industries. So I also did a year or so working in highways and transport and then there was policing and then tech. These are very male dominated industries. One thing that I remember is in one of those organizations, I had got emotional at work and I'd cried and everyone seemed really supportive at the time. And you were a little bit embarrassed because you don't really want to cry at work. Then for Secret Santa that year, I got like a mood calendar and looking back at it now, I'm like, that's so bad. And the one thing that I have really noticed working where I work now is that within the culture it's like in the body of the organization to be vulnerable and I am spoken about some of the like hardest challenges I've experienced over the last three years and I have been my complete whole self of my colleagues and in fact they know me better than perhaps even some of my friends and I think that has just been fantastic and I do think there perhaps needs to be a shift in public sector and I think we've always known this I think there's always been restrictions on working from home and flexible working. And we've definitely seen, obviously, through the pandemic, that people can be trusted to work from home. People can be flexible. And I think there needs to be this shift also of trying to be your whole self at work as well. And that is something that I really stand by. And I feel so supported. And I don't think I would have been able to do that 
perhaps in some of my previous roles and and industries and whether that's just isolated to that one department or that one particular organization I don't know or whether it's even just a transition in like today's society that we are actually much more open and vulnerable we have better understanding of loneliness and mental health I guess we'll never know but I I definitely think those have been things that I have noticed from making that jump across yeah it should be you know this is this is what's happening and you shouldn't be mocked for being open and being yourself and being honest because it's just if organizations you say they have all these values and then people are just decimating the values yeah and I think like I I can't pinpoint on whether it is the organization or whether it is that kind of change in generally society but I know now that if I was having a bad mental health day I could say to my boss and my employer I'm not in the right headspace today and they would fully support me. And, you know, I've spoken quite openly about it that at the end of last year, I lost my dad and my work family have been absolutely incredible. And I use the word family because they are like a family, spend so much time at work and they really have been so supportive. And I think that is a real blessing because when you go through grief, it is incredibly hard. And one day you can feel totally fine and then the next day you've been hit by a bus and you might not feel like you can have your camera on to do a work meeting you might not feel like you can even like go to meeting without crying so to be able to talk to your work colleagues about that and to be able to actually know that they understand and they support you I think is incredibly important and I feel incredibly lucky to be able to be in this fortunate position. What have you learned from internal comms that you've taken away and what you do now or even what do you miss about internal comms one of the things that I have learned from internal comms and just generally working in comms for councils and uh, the police is my inter interpersonal skills so I look back at that first role at Southland and Sea Borough Council and I just graduated I was 21 and I was given this maternity cover and internal comms And then the comprehensive spend review announcement came out and it was like, oh, the council has to make so many millions of pounds worth of savings. So this meant redundancies, this meant new ways of working. And I was working with the CEO and the senior management team on communicating this. And I was responsible on all those communications and leading that for the council. I look back at it now, I'm like, oh, I was 21. I was so young. And I'd also had hardly any experience. I'd only had like the three, four months that I'd been like intern in there. And that was amazing. And I think for me, with when I when I took on that internal comms role, I managed this monthly internal magazine. And that was fantastic because I went to out and about through the council, meeting all the different teams. And I would interview a staff member. So, you know, one month it might be someone from the waste and recycling team. Then it might be someone from like the tree team. And you got to talk to people from all different walks of life, all different ages, all different cultures, all different seniorities. And I think that is a skill that I have really embraced. And I actually think this is like one of maybe my special talents or biggest talents is being able to talk to anyone, no matter how junior or no matter how senior. And actually talking to those people exactly the same. So talking and treating people how I would like to be spoken to and treated. And I think that is such an important and valuable skill. And perhaps maybe as you progress in your career, that could be something that you forget about. And I think it's so important to remember where you've come from and 
I've been able to help people get work experience, which has then led to paid for roles. And that's something that I feel incredibly important because it was such a struggle to get a job when I first graduated in the wake of a recession. And I think being able to have those skills has really allowed me to make where I am today. And I think it also made me realize what I was passionate about. So I've recognized that I am so passionate about people. I'm so passionate about meeting people, hearing their stories, making a difference. And probably when I'm trying to think about what I might miss, I don't think there is really anything. Like I, I think I, I'm really reflective these days. And I look back and I'm so, I feel so fortunate for all the experience that, experiences that I've had. And I look back at my days at the police and, I would go to Parliament quite a lot and meet very senior ministers and sit with the CEOs of, you know, the Premier League. I, I've been exposed to some really influential people and decision makers who've had to make decisions within seconds of terrorist attacks. And I do think I've learned so much from other people. And I don't think you ever stop learning. I think even if you're the CEO, you're learning from other people. And that's one thing that I would never deprive myself of. If I feel I got into a role where I wasn't learning or wasn't able to meet people that had those varied skills and experiences that I could feed off of, then that wouldn't be the right organisational role for me. And so that you've always got to be looking on how you can develop and have that next adventure and that next journey. Yeah, I really like what you said because I think a lot of people don't realise how much we do in public sector. I think there is this illusion that we're just there to, I don't know, send a couple of tweets and then publish the bin cycles. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I just like people don't realise how much we do, whether that's the police, that's fire, that's councils, or even, even like NHS cons. I think people don't realise how much we do and how dynamic the role can be, whether you're in internal comms or you're in external or you're press officer. It is just such a dynamic role and every day there's just something new thrown at you. I think councils are our big organisations, like it's all aspects of life. And so it's, it's interesting because I think like how I see next door now, it, it's the same in, certain, in a certain way. It's like everything about your local community is reflected in the comms on next door. I also think, Alice, you should pitch TV show now that you're kind of developed in your career. It should be like Alice meets people <laughs> that should be the team <laughs> all the different people that I've met and I think yeah like at the council you meet so many different people internally from all these different departments but then when I was working on the corporate magazine so the residence magazine I would be going out to children's centers or the adults with disabilities center and yeah you you would meet so many different people and it was amazing and I've always been known as the person who gets on a flight or in a taxi and by the end of it knows that story and it was always of that person and that was always something that I kind of laughed at and just thought oh you don't really see that as a skill or being able to help you in your career but I think actually working in PR that actually is so important when you're working with different people different levels or you are working with members of the public and at next door yeah it's it's really similar and it's the one thing that I loved about working in PR and next door is that I got to go out and meet all these amazing people. And I think that was a transition of going from police comms where, and police PR was quite a lot of it was not doom and gloom, but 
it was always a little bit dramatic. And then you go and you meet all these, like I joined next door and I meet all these people who are doing like amazing things. So whether it's transforming this disused like green space into a nature reserve or one of my favorite members that I met was Jan and Jim in Nuneaton and uh, Jan, um, her children had kind of flown the nest and she was feeling a little bit lost and she wanted to make a difference. And then Jim is a man in his 80s and uh, he'd spent his whole life with his wife and they traveled the world and they they didn't have children. And um, unfortunately, his wife has dementia and he cared for her at home and it got to a point where he wasn't able to do that anymore so she went into like a care home and suddenly he found himself probably like a lot of us today in the wake of covid incredibly alone and he'd gone from having his partner with him of 50 years to day in day out not speaking or seeing anyone Jan recognized how lonely he was and she was his neighbor and had been doing some ironing for him. So she just posted on next door that they were going to go to their local pub for a a coffee on like a Wednesday and said, if anyone wants to join us, let us know. And uh, she didn't expect anyone else to turn up. And on that day, seven people turned up. And then the next week, there was 10 people. And then the following week, there was 15 people. And I'm really proud to say that three years on or four years on, there's 30 of them and they meet twice a week and they are the life and soul of the party. When I met them, I did not stop laughing and like I was grinning ear to ear because they we met in a park, we were playing loads of games, but they've done murder mystery parties, they've gone on a, a day trip to Liverpool, they've gone on a riverboat holiday and when I met Jim and I spoke to him, he he turned around to me and said, Jan saved me from a lifetime of loneliness. She she actually saved my life. And that was like, that just got me. I was like, wow, like to be able to work for a social media platform or a company that can make such a difference to people's lives and to really, you know, tech for good is just so empowering. And it just makes you so happy to do your job and it just reminds you why you are here and just gives you so much purpose and I have like so many of those stories which is just fantastic and I think one thing that we spoke about earlier is I can sit here and be a PR person talk about all these fantastic people on the platform and then go away and just you know spend most of my life sat on the sofa watching Netflix but what I have then found is I've really changed as a person and I definitely think working for the company has made me a better person and I've become much more community minded and I've forged fantastic relationships with my neighbours and I know everyone in my road I decorated it with bunting in spring last year and I've made an amazing friendship with a woman that I would never have met before because we are just you know at two different stages of our lives she's in her 60s I'm in my 30s and we came together on next door through absolute tragic circumstances of Her son had posted last summer that he was looking for uh, new friends because he was experiencing crippling loneliness and he was 25. And he was met by such kindness by people in the neighborhood and everyone outpoured how they were there. And I remember messaging him saying, you're so incredibly brave. Like, it's really scary to post something like that on a social media platform when you don't know anyone. And then unfortunately, he suffered with depression and anxiety and took his own life last September. And it when I read that, I just, it just really, really touched me. And so I reached out to his mum and the long and short of it is we've become the best of friends. And that never would have happened if it wasn't for the platform. And 
I was able to go to the wake and we put together a just given page and we've raised lots of money for mental health awareness and I go round their house for cups of tea. So I was there a couple of weeks ago and she did this amazing spread of lots of cakes and sandwiches. And it, it was just lovely. And it's just that for me has brought me purpose. And that for me is just what the fact I can, I'm practicing what I preach. And I just think that is just the way forward. And it's definitely made my life better. And yeah, I'm, I'm just so passionate about being able to use tech for good and, and, and meet people from different walks of life and, and make a difference thank you thanks so much for all those stories today like that's some some really great stuff thanks for coming on thank you thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes we're talking about the questions and issues that matter to you so dm us on social or get in touch with harriet at commsovercoffee.com or myself rebecca at threadandfable.com if you enjoy the podcast please do rate review subscribe so others can find us and have five minutes with us find us on twitter at rebecca robert seven or at harriet smalzy Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store.